Let's say Merry Christmas. Very good, very good. Um, can you believe it's December? It's like, it's amazing how fast time is going by. Listen, in January, which is only like three weeks away, we are going to, as we do every year, have a 21-day fast. Okay? And so I want you to be preparing yourself for that. Some of y'all, um, fasting like cursing and stealing, that's not a fast. You know, you're going to fast something that you're going to give up so you can spend more time with God. Um, and if you have a weight problem or you want to get healthy, it's a good time to fast some bad food and, and just give it up. Just give it up, you know. And, and so but be, think, be preparing for that um, now so, you know, it's not like, oh, what am I going to do? Okay, I'll, I'll just fast, you know, cookies. And, you know, that's okay. But, uh, but be, be thinking about that. Be thinking about that. Amen. Hey, before I pray, I, you know, I was uh, during worship this morning, God put on my heart to pray for pregnancy, open wombs. Uh, we've been having some people get pregnant. Amen. 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 Uh, and so uh, we had a, a couple of ladies get pregnant. And as I'm praying, if you're trying to get pregnant, just in your, in your spirit, say, in your heart, say, Lord, I receive it. God, I receive it that God would open your womb. Um, and if you're a guy, make sure you say she receives it. We don't want the Holy Spirit to kind of miss her and something happened to you. And, you know, go, I'm pregnant. No, you've just been drinking a lot of beer. That's why I ain't no pregnancy. <laughs> so I uh, just want to make sure that, that, you know, we're praying for the right thing. Okay, so anyway, is that cool? Amen. How many of y'all are praying for pregnancy? Anybody praying for pregnancy? Very good, very good, very good, very good, very good, very good. Lord you, Lord, you are God of miracles, so we pray you open wombs supernaturally. You are the great physician. You know more than any doctor has ever walked this earth. You created the womb. You created the womb in. And so we just pray that uh, as couples right now are receiving this by faith, that you would honor their faith and encourage them and affirm them that they are looking in the right direction to look to you for this miracle. Lord, we pray that you, um, on a spiritual level, impregnate our heart today with a message and a vision for our life. Put something in our heart that's going to grow and change our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to someone next to you you don't know and tell them God loves them. Amen. 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 Y'all excited? Come on, let's get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. Sunday is Sunday. Get your Bibles out on the count of three. One, two, three, say word. One more time, say word. Turn to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. I cannot believe it's so late in the year. So we got three. This is our last series of the year. So I want to encourage you as we end this year, be thinking about... Lord, get me ready for next year. Get me ready for next year. Let's do next year better than this year. Can I get amen? amen. First Thessalonians chapter 2. So I have a question for you. What is God worthy of from you? What is God worthy of from you. Some people come and they 
on time for worship because they feel like he's worthy of you being on time. Some people worship like this as an as a act of surrender because they feel like he's worthy of not only a display of surrender, but not worrying about what anybody thinks. Some people serve in church because they say he's worthy of my time and me being included in what his church, he has called his church to do to expand the kingdom of God. Some people tithe and a real tithe, 10% on time, first, not the crumbs at the end of the month or the end of the year, but first, he give him first because he's worthy of me being faithful to not only his word to tithe, but to tithe in a way that reminds me it's all his. He's worthy of that. Some of us believe that he's worthy of us telling the truth all the time, even when it can hurt us. He's worthy of me living up to his word to be truthful in all that I do. Or when I mess up to say sorry to somebody, he's worthy of that. And so the question for you and today and this whole series for the rest of the month is, what is he worthy of? And, and another way of looking at that is, is there, are there areas in your life that he would say, mm, I want better than that. That's not good enough for me. Now, one of the curses of Christianity, I shouldn't say the curses, one of the misconceptions of Christianity is that we're all saved by grace. So, and we may not say these words, but we believe this kind of subconsciously way back in our mind. He was saved by grace, so it kind of doesn't matter because I'm going to heaven anyway, and God will cover my sins. And that is, he is worthy way more of us taking advantage of that. He's worthy of us saying, no, God, you are worthy of more than that. So, so, so as we go through this, I want you to think about this. I'm going to talk about three things that you're worthy of today anyway. One, he's worthy of um, your best. <laughs> he's worthy that you not look back. Stop looking back to what you used to be. And he's worthy of some results in your life. <laughs> Show me some results. <laughs> he's worthy of those three things. First Thessalonians chapter 2, let me read this. It says, uh, chapter 2, verse 10, it says, You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we have behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know, we exhorted you and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his own children, this, verse 12, that you walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now let's think this, God called you out, his context, the God of the heavens, the God who created the heavens and the earth. Uh, in Hebrew, one of the titles for God is Yehovah Kadem, the God of beginnings, the God who began stuff. As a side note, if you're a science person and you believe that, that science, uh, that there is science, and sci- there is, obviously there is science, science shows us, and by the way, science just shows you what is. It doesn't say how it got there. It shows you how it works. And one of the things about science is that everything has to have a beginning. Well, who began it? God, Yehovah Kadem. And you may say, well, who began him? Nobody, because he lives outside of science. He created the science to point back to him. And so he is the God of the beginnings and he began you. He designed you. You heard me say a few, a few months ago in one of our series is that when a woman is born, when a woman is born, all the ladies in the house, raise your hand. All the ladies in the house, raise your hand. Okay, okay, raise your hand and scream. That's cool, that's cool. <laughs> okay, if you want to go there, all the ladies say, hey. 
Very good. So when all the honeys in the house, when all the, when all the ladies were in their mother's womb, when all you ladies were in your mother's womb, and all you guys, and matter of fact, all you, everybody in here, guys and girls, when your mother was in your grandmother's womb, when she was born and came out, she had in her all the eggs that she would ever have in her life. Amen. This is a scientific fact. You can look it up and, you know, if you don't believe me, you think I'm making this up. So when your mother was in your, her grandmother, her, her mother's womb, when your mother was in your grandmother's womb, when she was born, she had all the eggs in her. That means that you were in your mother in your grandmother's womb. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's like oh, 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 is that true? Oh, oh, yeah. That means God said, I already know who you are. Not, not, not only do I know who you are before you were born, I knew who you were before your mother was born. Matter of fact, I knew who you were before the heavens and the earth. He's the God of the beginning. So we're talking about that God sent his son to die for your sin, provide a way for you to be forgiven, and, he's, and, and he did everything for you. And then here you are in, the, in one day in your despair, which may be today that you say, Lord, I just surrender my life to you because I can't do it. What does that God worthy of? Number one, he's worthy of your best. The best you got. He says, walk worthy Worthy means deserving, good enough, suitable for. Walk in a way that is deserving, suitable for the kingdom that is calling on your life to enter into his kingdom for his glory. <laughs> your life is not, if you're, if you're a Christian and trying to live for God, it is not about your kingdom for your glory. It's about his kingdom for his glory. So what is he worthy of? He is worthy that you do the best you can. Do you do the best you can when it comes to Sunday? In other words, do you say, it's Sunday, I'm going to be there for worship the whole time. And well, it starts at 10, starts at 8, or whatever, you know, 6, 4, what's at noon. Man, we'll just, we'll, we'll get there a quarter after. Is he worthy of something better than that? Is he worthy that you read the Bible every day? How long is it going to take you? 15 minutes? 20 minutes? 30 minutes? Is he worthy that you would get up early and rearrange your time because it's all his time to make sure you hear his voice for your day? Is he worthy that you not complain when you mess up and you blame it on him? Is he worthy that you get in a D group and say, Lord, I want to be accountable to living a life that's worthy? And doing my best. I want people in my life who are going to hold me accountable like iron sharpens iron and jam me up. I'm going to give them permission to confront me on things that I ask them to confront. Is it, is it worthy? Is, it, is, is he worthy that I really tithe and I tithe to him first, not last, that I give him first fruits, not crumbs at the end? Is he worthy that I serve? Is he worthy that I go to Toys for Joy or serve in the church somewhere in the ministry? Because it's about his kingdom, expanding his kingdom. We are, the rock church is part of the kingdom of God. We have to be kingdom minded, not rock church minded. Not, and by the way, not rock service, Sunday service minded, but the kingdom of God minded. This is just part of the big thing. So the question is for you is, are you, can you look yourself in the eye every day and say, I did my best Today, when I was, when I was playing uh, with the Chargers, every, and this is true of every NFL team, 
every day we have practice, we have meetings and we have for every minute or so we are on the field, we're in meetings for two minutes. In other words, if we have a two-hour practice, and it's not a formula, but it's, it's always about twice as much. So we would be in meetings four hours a day. We'd have written exams three times a week about our opponent. What, if they had this formation at this part of the field with this down and distance, what would they do if this person came in and went in motion? So we had to study all that. And then after every practice and after every game, we watch every play in practice and they were critiqued based on what we were supposed to do. And so in, in, in the meeting, they would sit down and we would be the defensive meeting. We would say, okay, it's, it's first and 10. It's this, here's the play and, and here's their offensive set. What are you supposed to do? And they run the film and they watch everybody and everybody's critiqued on what you do. It's right up on the screen. And if you messed up, you knew you were going to see it the next day. So one day we were playing the Raiders and, 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 and we were at a defensive meeting and, and the guys on defense, one of the positions is cornerback. The cornerbacks, cornerback, defensive backs are the fastest guys on the defense. Theoretically, they're the fastest guys on the defense. And the, the tight end on the offense are never faster than the cornerback. So you have the cornerbacks, which are you know, on average the smallest guys on the defense, and the tight end on the offense is one of the bigger guys, middle, middle bigger, but they're never faster than the cornerback. I'm going to say it again. The tight end is never faster than the cornerback. Are you all following what I'm saying? So you got the little guys always faster than the big guy. Oh, 100%. At least I know, 100%. So we're in a film, and one of our cornerbacks, who happened to be actually a little, little guy, but he's really fast, he's chasing a big guy. And he ain't catching them. So they're doing this. And the coach is like, I can't remember the owl guy's name, but I remember the, 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 the tight end's name. He said, you know, let's say his name is Jimmy. Jimmy. And, and, and by the way, these film times are brutal because they can run it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So if you miss somebody, they go, huh, 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 One day I was running down on a kickoff and this guy, I didn't see a guy coming. His name happened to be Michael Jackson. <laughs> For real, his name was Michael Jackson. And I'm running down. You know, I weighed like 180. I weighed basically what I weigh now. I, I was about this, I was exactly this size. And this guy was like 230. And I'm running down the field looking at the kickoff. I'm running, 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 running. And he was over here. I didn't see him. And he came, 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 and he hit me, his helmet right here on my chin, chipped my tooth in the back. So I go up in the air, I don't know how I didn't get knocked out. I go up in the air, the first thing that hit the ground is the back of my head. So my feet went up, bam. And, and then I, so they played it back and forth. I'm like, bam, 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 bam. I was like, thanks coach, we got it, we got it. And then they said, watch Miles now. As soon as I hit the ground, I jumped up, turned, and ran off the field. The play wasn't done. I was just like, I'm done. This is up. I'm done for this play. <laughs> the play, it, was, it was like, bam. I was like, I'm out. Bye-bye. <laughs> True story. So anyway, this guy is chasing, this little guy is chasing this big guy, and, he's, and, and it's like they're running back and forth like this. They're like, Jimmy, what's going on here? And he says, are you, aren't you a cornerback? Yes, sir. Yes, coach. Isn't he a tight end? Yes, coach. Isn't he like, a, uh, like 40 pounds heavier than you? Yes, coach. Aren't you supposed to be the better? Yes, coach. Are you running as fast as you can? It's quiet like this. Because we're all like, oh, snap. 
if he says no, then we're all going like, what's up? Why not? Get somebody else. If you're not going to do your best, get somebody else. You know that God's not blessing you because you ain't doing your best. Can't trust you. And you may be looking at other people that are more talented. You're like, maybe it's because you're not ready to do your best. Because it's not about you. It's about him. So he says, he says, he says are you running the fast? So either he's going to say no or, or he's going to say uh, he's faster than me, which is not true. We all know that's not true. So we're like, what's he going to say? You know what he said? I'm hurt. <laughs> Get somebody else. You shouldn't be out there then. Are you doing your best? That's only an answer, a question you can answer. Is, is your effort to follow and be what Christ calls you to be the best effort you can give. Don't compare what you do to somebody else. But is it your best effort? I have a friend of mine, he's a pastor in, in Boston, he's a pastor of a church, he prays six hours a day. And, and he is, am I, am, do I feel guilty that I don't pray six hours a day? No, because I pray seven. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But let me tell you, has his life challenged me? Oh, most definitely. Are you giving God the best? Because if you're not, why not? He certainly is worthy of your best. Number two, is he worthy? He is worthy that you not look back. When you gave your life to Christ, you said, Lord, I am forsaking what is behind, pressing off of what is forward. I'm repenting of my drugs, my lifestyle, my mentality, my, my, my believing in myself versus believing in you. It doesn't mean you don't believe in yourself. You believe in him. And I am going to press forward and not go, wait a minute, maybe I go back to that lifestyle. I wonder how many of y'all prayed to receive Christ and you claim you're a Christian, but you still talk like you are not a Christian. I was in, I was in a prison ministry one time and I was in the back getting dressed to do this video uh, in Donovan State Prison and the, guy, the prison guard, it wasn't a prison, he was a prison employee, was helping me do something. And he was just F-bomb, F-bomb, F-bomb. And I'm good. You know, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm, it's time. I'll pray for you in a minute. But F-bomb, 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 F-bomb. I'm just, you know, let him, let him talk, let him talk. And then he said, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor and I'm getting ready to do this video for our church. He says, oh, I go to church. I'm an usher at my church. So, so, and then I met his pastor and his, well, that's another story because I heard his pastor say a curse word, but that's another thing. <laughs> for real, for real. And, and so I don't, I don't know the guy, don't know when he got saved, don't know what he was before. So it could be that him saying 10 F-bombs in a minute was an upgrade from what it used to be. Could be. I don't know. But the point is for you, what are you doing now that you used to do that you said you were supposed to repent of? There are people who hang out when they're young, they're clubbing, it's all about me, I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to get this, I'm trying to get that. And then when they get married and they got a kid, they're still trying to live like they're single. You got to let that go. It's like when I, when I got drafted, I got drafted by the Los Angeles Rams and they gave me a helmet with a Rams horn on it. And then I got cut, which means I got fired, and I got signed with the San Diego Chargers and I got a helmet with a lightning bolt on it. <laughs> Can you imagine a month into playing with the Chargers, I say, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to go wear my Rams helmet to practice. 
Some of y'all wearing a Rams helmet to practice. You gave that up. You gave that up. Look what, look what it says in Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Luke, Luke 9, uh, 62. Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You know what I fear is going to happen? I don't know how God's going to work out when we die and face him. I don't know how, but it's going to be messed up for some people. Because y'all going to be like, hey, what's up, Lord? And he's going to be on the other side of the gate. You've been looking through these bars. I'm just, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to be. I'm just, this is my little uh, uh, limited understanding and revelation of what's going to be. But he's going to be, hey, what's up, Lord? We're going we gonna to do this. We're going to do this heaven thing. He's like, well, I, hold up, hold up. I remember when you prayed. Matter of fact, I'm going to play the video. See you coming down, you got snot rolling, you're crying, everything, and, and you're talking about you're never going to do this and that, this and that. And, and this was, this was a, this was a, it moved me even in heaven. It moved me watching this. But then you went right back to doing everything. So then I think, what was that all about? Some of y'all that way. You got moved and you did something. And then you, and then, and then you said, ah, well, you know, I don't, I don't really need to sacrifice and you settled into something comfortable. You, you don't, you're not in a small group? Because, yeah, you don't, you don't need that. You're above that. You know enough Bible. You, you don't need anybody getting in your business. You don't, need, you don't really need to give 10%. Oh, by the way, and God forbid, over and above that. I, I'll, I'll starve. Because you think it's about what you can do, not what God is providing in your life. You don't need to really pray for people, share my faith, oh, I'll just tell them to go to the rock. I'm not even going to bring them. I'm just going to tell them to go. Let them figure it out. God's like, how am I building a kingdom with that kind of mentality? And only you can determine what you are still holding on to back there. You can't grab onto something new without letting something go that's old. And so he says, if you're going to do that, then go ahead and do that. It's like, I'm going I'm I'm to I'm I'm date a girl, and, and, and I'm married, so this is all hypothetical. My wife's in here. You know, I'm going to date a girl, and, I, and I'm going to be like, hey, you know, why don't we go out? You know, what's your number? I'll call you. And, and then she gets, a, like, this revelation to, as, well, as I'm just meeting her at the mall, and I'm getting her number, and, and she has this revelation. Hey, do you have a girlfriend? Oh, oh, oh yeah, I do. I'm going to hold on to her, too. We can do a thing, and then we can do a thing. Let's be cool. You won't, I want you, I'll make sure you never meet her. It won't conflict with me and you because I'm going to give you, when we're together, I'm going to give you everything. <laughs> but when we're not together, just, just you know, just don't worry about it. Hmm. Number three. <laughs> he is worthy of spiritual results. Again, well, I'm saved by grace and God will just cover me. You think that Jesus died on the cross and went through all that hell just so you can pray a prayer and do what you want? He sent the Holy Spirit to live inside your life, the Spirit of God to live inside your life, that one, you would bear fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And against, there, there, against these, there is no law. Nothing can stop the Holy Spirit from bearing fruit in your life except you. And that you shall be, receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you shall be witnesses to him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. All that means is everywhere. 
That's all that means. You don't need to go to Jerusalem. It means your neighborhood, your city, your state, your country, whatever, however you want to contextualize it, it's concentric circles that, God, that you would be a witness to God's power. One of the things I love about football, besides the fact that I grew up on it and it's just the most amazing sport anywhere, and it is, it is it's just, you just need to get over it and accept it, okay? <laughs> Can I get an amen? And for all y'all who don't like sports, it's cool. This is just my thing. But anyway, one of the things when you watch sports, it has so many metaphors of the kingdom of God. And when you see dudes do this, they don't do this in basketball because they don't have arms big enough. <laughs> to bend this far. <laughs> I mean, but you see guys in football, they, they got these little tiny little, little grapes right here. Little, little, but it's not that I'm necessarily strong, which by the way, they are very strong, which is really true. But it's more power. Do you, do you know that one of God's names is Jehovah Gibor Milkabah, which means the Lord who fights my battles. That when you wake up in the morning, the devil's yelling at you, you go, hold on, hold on, hold on. God fights my battles. It's like, I want to, we got to take ground for the kingdom. So when God sends the spirit, when Jesus sent the spirit of God to live inside of you, he's like, let's go. Let's go. And it's not good enough that we not access and follow him into battles. The first battles is the battle in your life, in your head, your life, your perception. It's about you. And then once you get strong, it's like, okay, now let's go snatch somebody else out of the fire. Let's go help somebody else. Let's go pray for somebody else. Like, well, not me because I, I just want to get saved. I'm saved by grace. I don't need to do anything. No, 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 no. Let's go. One of the guys in my D group, I, I challenged him the other day. I said, yo, man, uh, God's going to put on your heart to pray for somebody, to, to disciple someone, to minister to someone. He's like, okay, okay. I said, I want you to pray, and next time when we meet, I'm going to ask you who that person is. Accountability. So I, I, I told it to him, I said, look, write it down. I, 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 I told it to him, and I said, I'm going to ask you, so I want you to look for who God puts on your heart. Because God wants to minister to you, and then he wants to minister through you. Just know that. That's, that's what he does. It's not like, well, uh, he just does it through the pastor. No, no, no. All of y'all. By the way, how many of y'all know 10 people I don't know? Raise your hand. Okay. Let's try it one more time. If we raise our hand, put an elbow above here. Because some of y'all are like, oh, of course. That's my point. It is of course. Okay. How many of y'all, y'all know 50 people I don't know? Okay. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Imagine all those people y'all can minister to that I'll never meet. Put your hand down. It ain't about coming to church. Well, let, we'll let the mouth talk. I'll send him. No, no, no. You. You. You know how awesome that would be if you started praying for them and you, God started using you? That is the kingdom. And God is like, where's my fruit? Matter of fact, let me read this before I tell you the end of the story of my buddy. Matthew 3, 8. It says, when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, John the Baptist, he's talking about when he saw the Sadducees and the religious people, the people who thought they were going to heaven just because they were Jewish. He says, brew vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And then it says, therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance. In other words, live a life that proves that you really walked away from your old life. Live a life that proves that you say you believe in prayer, prove it. 
You say you believe in being generous? Prove it. You say you believe in discipleship? Prove it. You say you believe in the word of God? Prove it. That's what he's saying. Show, show me. If, you, if you're saying you walked away from your old life, well then, I don't see it. Prove it. And if, let me tell you something. If you said, Lord, I'm going to live a life of worth Every night when you go to bed, God or the devil, every night when you put your head in the pillow, either God or the devil says, well done, good and faithful servant. One of them. God's going to say, you were faithful. Does it mean you were perfect? Not necessarily, but you, 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 your intent. God, I wanted to honor you today. Or the devil says, you fooled him again. And you fooled yourself, sucker. So I tell my friend, I want you, I want you, I want you to highlight. Some, God's going to show you somebody. And I'm going to ask you who that person is. So a few days later, I text my buddy, the guy in my D group. I said, look. Who is the person that God put on your heart? And he texts me back right away, uh, nobody. And I immediately text him back this gift. <laughs> and I typed in, hmm, that, that don't sound right. Why? Because I know the Holy Spirit is not sitting in him going, hey, you don't need to do anything. I just know. And so I text him that. I said, what's up? And he, and he immediately texted me back and said, oh, yeah, by the way, he did send me, tell me, put my best friend. And then he identified a person. It's, come on, man. So what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, sometimes I feel like, well, I'm just a Christian. I'm just going to go to church. Shut up and get in the battle. Let's do something. In a minute, we're going to pray. There's uh, two groups of y'all. Some of y'all are like, I just need to get saved. Yeah, you need to get saved. Because you will die without Jesus Christ and go to hell. Well, if God's loving, will he send me to hell? Oh, no. He is so loving, he's given you a yelling brother from New York, trying to convince you not to deny him. And if you say, here's the thing, because God is loving, he will let you go to hell because God will not force heaven on you. So if you tell God, I don't want you, God loves you so much, he will give you what you ask for. Now, there's some of y'all who are saved, and you think, I pray to pray and I'm good. The Bible, Jesus says in Matthew 7, there are people going to say, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. I healed your name. I pastored churches in your name. And he's going to say, I never knew you. Oh, that's scary. So it's like, look, I die for you. I want you to die for me. If you are not willing to pick up your cross, deny yourself, you're not worthy of me. That's a, that's a hard sell. He, he says, disciples, disciples. He said, Jesus, we want to follow you. He says, look, I don't have anywhere to live. I don't got any, you, you, if you follow me, you got to give up everything. And they're like, well, okay, well, you're way over there then. And so we're going to pray a prayer. Some of y'all are going to ask Jesus to be your Savior. And some of y'all are going to say, Lord, I am ready to live a life that's worthy. Everything I have. We got Toys for Joy coming up. We need 1,000 volunteers. Listen. This is not a volunteer, it's ministry. It's something for you to transform your life. Go buy a toy, seven bucks. We need 3,000 toys. 
what's seven dollars? Is, is it a Robert Frappuccino shake a dicky body she I mean, my goodness. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Dear God, you are so good and so patient. There is no way we can repay you, but we can do our best to live a life that's worthy of who you are and what you have done. And not because of what we will get, because one, what you bless us with is beyond our imagination to even comprehend. We serve you faithfully because of who you are and what you've already done for us. So if you would like to declare his worthiness in your life by either asking him to be your savior or you are going to say, Lord, I need to walk away from some stuff. I need to commit my best to you. We're going to pray a prayer for both those groups. Then we're going to ask you to stand. And when I ask you to stand, you are going to say in your heart, Lord, you are so worthy of my worship that I'm not going to worry about what anybody thinks. Because it ain't about them. It's not about what they think of me. It's about what you think of me. So if you would like to give your life to the Lord or recommit your life to the Lord, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, you are worthy. of my entire life. You died and rose from the dead for me, even though I didn't deserve it. I was a sinner. Thank you for your faithfulness and your love for me. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I declare you worthy of 100% of my heart, 100% of my life, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my dreams to you. I surrender my pain to you. Fill me with the Spirit of God. I declare you worthy of all my praise. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up. You may ask the person who's with you to stand if you want them to encourage you. But if you prayed that prayer for any reason, I'm going to ask you to stand on the count of three in all the campuses. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.